right now, grab your Bible and go with me to Exodus chapter 19. And we're going to start this series, and we just called it Hearing God. And we did that for clarity, because I just, I, 100 years from now, if somebody watches this series, which is highly unlikely, um, but if they did, I, I want them to know what we talked about very clearly. Or if someone is looking six months from now and needs this series, I want them to be able to find it. We just wanted to talk about hearing God, which to me is, is one of the most in, important things we could talk about. Um, it's really one of the things, um, one of the key fundamental foundational things um, that our church was built around is this necessity. It's not really a luxury, this necessity of hearing the voice of God. This is why at the end of every worship experience, we pause and we say, God, what are you speaking to me? Because why I think it's great that you hear what I'm saying, um, I appreciate that. I'm not God. And my, my goal is not to get you to hear my voice, but really my goal is to teach you to hear God's voice. You need to hear God's voice. And when we started this year, I just, God started stirring this in my heart again. And, and I wanted to bring this series to you. Um, and so we're in Exodus 19 series, week one, hearing God. Um, and so we're going to dive in together. Um, Exodus 19 is about, well, 47 days into the Exodus. So the Exodus is when uh, God speaks to Moses and sends him back to Egypt where God's people, Israel, have been enslaved in Egyptian bondage. It's kind of a long story. They didn't go there as slaves. They went there as refugees during a famine. Um, and then they prospered and grew and multiplied so quickly the Egyptians became scared of them and enslaved them. Um, and so they've been, you know, slaves for hundreds of years and, and now God is delivering them. Um, and he's using a man named Moses and he goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh says no, and there's 10 plagues. And so finally, um, Passover is the last plague, the death of the firstborn where they had to put the blood on, of the lamb on the doorpost. So how fitting we've just come through Passover and now we're going to journey to Mount Sinai where God wants to reveal himself and meet with his his people. And so they travel, they leave uh, Goshen, which was in Egypt. That's where um, Israel was camped out. That's where they lived. And then, you know, the story they leave, then they get to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's armies are coming after them. God parts the Red Sea, drowns the armies of Pharaoh in the Red Sea. Most incredible thing um, in, in they could ever, I mean, it's incredible. And uh, I, I remember one time I heard this joke. It was just, this came to me. So maybe it encourage you, but um, not really, but everybody needs to laugh. But anyways, um, there was this professor who was trying to convince this class that this wasn't a miracle, that there was this place where they crossed the Red Sea was this place where it was only like um, six or eight inches deep. The water was only six or eight inches deep. And so this was not a great miracle. You know, God didn't really part. They just walked across. And, and this kid in the back got really excited. And he just says, this is incredible. And the professor said, what do you mean it's incredible? I just, I just disproved the parting of the Red Sea. He said, yeah, but in doing that, you prove that God drowned the strongest army in the world in six inches of water. 
that's incredible. That's a bigger miracle, you know? And so anyways, um, <laughs> but they cross the Red Sea and, and they're going to this place, their first stop, Mount Sinai. And so on the way, they get quail, they get manna, they get the bitter, wa- uh, bitter waters at Mara, uh, water from rock. God's doing all these miracles. So it takes 47 days to get from Goshen to Mount Sinai. And then they get to Mount Sinai and Moses has his first meeting with God. And God says, hey, I want this. I want the people to trust me, to obey me. And I'm going to make them my, my special treasure, like what we would call a kingdom of priests. I mean, he kind of talks to Moses that way. So Moses comes down to the people and says, I got good news. Like God really thinks a lot of you guys and he just wants you to obey him. Uh, he's going to do some incredible things, et cetera. And so the people are like, hey, we're down. Totally good. And so uh, in, I'm just going to read three verses, Exodus 9. 19, verse 9, uh, it says, the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud. Now look at this phrase and underline it. So the people will hear me speaking with you. So the people will hear me speaking and will always put their trust in you. And then Moses said to the Lord what the people had said. And the, and the Lord said to Moses, so go Tell the people to consecrate themselves today and tomorrow, have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. The side of all the people. I, I called this message, I called this message, I had, to, I had, honestly, I had like four titles. And um, finally this morning, I just, because I couldn't get this one out of my mind. And so I went back to, um, to the great psalmist and, and, uh, and, and song leader, um, Vanilla Ice. And, and I, I called this message, Stop, Collaborate, and Listen. Ice is back on the brand. <laughs> Anyways. Um, you, we'll probably sing it as we walk. Stop, collaborate, and listen. I just, it, it just fit. It actually fits. It's the best title I had. And so let's pray together. Father, thank you so much, God, that you want us to hear your voice. You want to speak to us. God, how incredible is that? So we pause, we, we stop. And God, we ask that the Holy Spirit speak words of life and truth, open our minds and our understanding, penetrate deep into our hearts. God, give us faith from your word as we hear your words today. Um, God, let this forever just completely transform how we even view our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Um, I'm really excited to talk about hearing God. I think it's the most important thing are probably one of the most important things that we can talk about. And when you talk about hearing God, there's a lot. We're going to spend several several weeks in the series talking about all the different aspects of it, if you will. Um, But I I understand when we're talking about hearing God, a lot of people maybe struggle. I get a lot of questions as a pastor. How do you hear God? How do you know if it's God? And I'm going to do my best to to, to try to speak to each of those. To be honest, I've taught on hearing God before, obviously, and um, while I won't reteach a series, I never can. I just don't ever think they're, I always have a value, make it better. And so every time, like I pulled a message um, and, and messages, I'll do this if I've taught on a subject, I pull and say, well, what did I say last time? And so I pulled a series I did several years ago. And unfortunately for me, I always like fresh bread because stale bread is, is crunchy. And, 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 you know, it's okay if it's a crouton. 
Um, but if stale bread is not a crouton because it's like not, you don't get the crisp and you don't get the, fr- and so nobody wants that. That's my point. And so when I looked at it, I thought, okay, I want a fresh word. And so I've shared some of these things before, but I recontextualized, rewrote this because I wanted it to be fresh and I wanted people to be able to hear. But typically when I talk about hearing God, I will end with a message similar to the one I'm going to share today in, is the first message. And I really felt like it was instruction from the Holy Spirit is that I would get, we would, as a church, we would give you prayer journals because it's probably the most revolutionary thing in my life is I sit down and and I just try to write out what God is speaking to me. And it gives me a record to go back in and then to, to look at. And so I took prayer journals to my kids. I'm like, you know, and they already have journals, but I'm like, here's a new one. It's cool. It's pathway. They chose their colors, but I'm like, you know, write down what God's speaking because there are times I go back and read, well, what was God speaking when this was going on? Or what was God saying? Or what did God say six months ago? And, and so I wanted to start where typically I might end because I wanted to give you this application first so that you could apply it over the next few weeks. And hopefully by the end, there's a pattern of hearing God and writing down what he says. And so if if you miss that, you can get those journals this week on Tuesday. And and so just two points today, and and doesn't make the message shorter, y'all know that, but it's just two points, very simple. Um, And and here's the the first point, uh, is for God to be known, he must be heard. For God to be known, and and this is where I want to start. Um, For God to be known, he must be heard. Um, Exodus 19 verse 9 says that God said, I'm going to come down on this mountain in this dense cloud. And then he says this, so that the people will hear me speaking. Now, I understand that the context here is that he's going to speak to the people and that's going to validate Moses' leadership. And I think God speaks to validate leadership, absolutely. But, but I want you to understand that he wanted the people to hear the same voice that Moses would hear. And I want you to understand that as pastors or leaders, we don't have a special thing. And it's not like we have a superpower hearing God. And I think sometimes people disqualify themselves from hearing God because they're like, well, if, if I was on the pastoral ta- team or the pastoral staff, if, if I had this position or that, then God would have to talk to me. And that's just not the way that it works. God wants everyone to hear his voice. Because God wants to be known, and for him to be known, he has to be heard. You have to understand that God is relational, right? God is, is relational. And, and let me say something. God doesn't just want you to have a relationship with him. He wants to have a relationship with you. Let me say it another way. It's not that God just wants us to relate to him, but God actually wants to relate to us. We see this verse, Genesis chapter three, where God comes into the garden of Eden and it said, and God came to walk with them, Adam and Eve, in the cool of the day in the garden. Notice who came down. It didn't say in in the day in the cool of the eve, Adam and Eve climbed a ladder to heaven as though that were possible. It says, no, God came into their world and, and it, it doesn't say they asked him to. And it also didn't say they were having a crisis. In fact, we know there was no sin. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was no poverty. There was no curse. I mean, I've said many times, they're running around in the garden, eating fruit salad, you know, petting tigers. Anyways, uh, um, I don't know. I can't say that. Anyways, um, I had to filter, but it's for everyone's benefit. Um, and so... Um, <laughs> 
But, but God came to their world to relate to them. Jesus came to your world to relate to you so that God could relate to you. And God is not looking for people that are always just trying to relate to him. God wants to relate to you. God wants to know you. God wants you to know him. My concern is sometimes in Christendom that um, unfortunately, because we all believe in a personal relationship with you. Like you should have a personal, and we, we tell you it's about a personal relationship with God. My concern is, and hear me on this, too many times the relationship becomes the means to the end. Like I have a relationship with God so I can go to heaven. I pray this prayer, believe God so I can go to heaven. Have a relationship with God so I can ask him to bless me and have a relationship with God in case I'm going through something difficult. And so many times, and, and listen, and, and God cares. God wants you to heaven. God wants to bless you. We just sang about that, right? God wants to bless you. God wants to be good to you. God wants to help you um, in all of your troubles. Absolutely. His, his eye is on the righteous. His ear is attentive to their cry. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. So God definitely, definitely, definitely cares about those things. But listen, your relationship with God isn't a means to the end. Your relationship with God is the end. It's, it's the goal. The goal is not what comes through the relationship. The goal is the relationship. No one likes to be used, and neither does God. God wants to have a relationship with you. And yes, there's blessing and promise, and, and yes, there's all these things that God wants to do for you and, and, and do through you and do in you. But ultimately, the goal, think about it. God created mankind, and what does God really get out of that? A relationship. A relationship with you. And so, so God wants... Wants that relationship. Remember the Pharisees, the religious people come to Jesus and Jesus said this. He said, you, you keep going to the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you're going to find life. And he said, but the scriptures point to me, point to me. And so here's what he's saying is that you, you, the goal is not a religion. The goal is a relationship. Knowing God, like Jesus said, this is why I came so you would know God. And so, so it's not a means to an end. It, it is the end. God wants to be known. Look at this. John 17, 3. So Jesus said, Here, here's what it all comes down to. God wants to be known. Look at this. Now, this is eternal life, that they would know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is, this is the goal. Like, what's the goal for life? Well, it's not the next car. It's not the next house. It's not even the next ministry. The goal for life is to know the God and the author of life. That, that's the goal. Uh, look, look at this, Jeremiah 24. This is a promise about the new covenant while they were still under the law and the prophets. Uh, Jeremiah 24, 7. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, that they're my people, and I'm their God. I will give them a heart. God wants to be known. And because God wants to be known, listen, the way you know people is you communicate with them. And because God wants to be known and God wants to reveal himself, then God wants to, to speak. If you, if you have an NLT Bible and you're looking at uh, Exodus 19, the little subheading there is God reveals himself or something to that, that some, some take on that, but it's about God revealing himself. 
And then how is God going to reveal himself? First thing he says is, I'm going to have them hear my voice. So we have a God who wants to know you, a God that wants to relate to you, and a God that, that wants you to, to know his, his voice. And, and he, he needs you to hear his voice so that you can know him because God wants to, look at this. God wants to be heard, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer. That's clear. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. God invites us to ask him about stuff we don't know. Um, look at this, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Look, whether you turn to the right, your ears will hear a voice. God, God wants you to, 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 to know him. Listen, I want, you, I want you to think about this. God gave us as humans the ability to communicate even our, our deepest feelings, thoughts, desires, ideas, whatever, Right? Um, and, and there is no other part of creation that can communicate that way. Now, I know that you probably feel like you talk to your dog. I, I feel like I talk to mine. I feel like he talks back. Um, Milo is very vocal. He's eight months old. He's in the toddler phase. Right now, we're losing all of our puppy fur, so that's kind of like madness. Um, but... Um, but, um, but Milo, like I, I, I talk to Milo and if you tell Milo to sit, he'll sit. You tell him to shake, he'll shake. Very simple things. You understand lay down, he lays down, he can dance. It's like a white person, but he can dance. It's probably cause I taught him, but he can dance. Right. And Milo communicates to me because like, if he wants to go outside, he rings a bell and that's how we know he wants to go outside. Or when he wants in, he knocks on the door. And if you don't answer, he barks. And, and he follows me everywhere. And if I go in a room and the door shuts and he can't get in, then, then he lets me know because he goes, like he growls, which is really kind of funny. Um, and, and so Milo communicates and I communicate to him. But you know what? Like Milo's never, never come up to me and said, hey, sit down for a minute. I like to tell I lost my ball. And it's kind of upset me. I'm concerned somebody else has the ball. I was emotionally attached to the ball. The ball brought me joy. It brought me happiness and fulfillment. And when we played with the ball together, it meant the world to me. Like Milo's never done that. He's never done that. Why? Because even though we, we can communicate, we can't communicate to that depth. Now, I want you to think about this. God gave you and I the ability to communicate to that depth. Now, I want you to think about this. He created us in his image. So if God gave us the ability and even the desire to communicate to that depth, that came as a representation of him. So that means God wants to communicate to that depth with you. In fact, Paul would tell you this. He told the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2.11, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts um, of God except the spirit of God. And then he said, and you didn't receive the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So you can know and understand what God has freely given you. Do, do you see what they just said? God wants you to know his thoughts. And so he gave us the spirit of God so we could know what God's thinking. 
so we could know things we'd have no other way to know, right? So, so God, we know God wants to be heard. I want you to understand that because I think sometimes we disqualify ourselves as though hearing God is a luxury for, for the elite or something like that. And the truth is God, God wants you to hear him. And the reason I want to explain this, that if God wants to be known and we talked about it, then God wants to be heard because you, you, you simply can't have, you can't, if you don't have faith, then, then you have to have faith that God wants to talk to you or you'll never hear him. Listen, faith begins at knowing the heart of God. That was worth right fire emoji right there. Like somebody should be putting an ear in there. Faith begins when I know the heart of God. And when I know the heart of God is to meet with me and to speak with me, I can have faith to hear him. He wants to be known. So he must be heard. Here, here's the second thing. And this is all application. The best I could give you on application. Second thing is your ability to hear God comes through your availability to hear God. Let me tell you the secret of hearing God. And, and some of you are not going to like it. And some of you are. And some of you are going to think it's too simple. When it comes to hearing from God, most of us focus on ability. But the secret is availability. If you want to hear God, don't focus on ability. I think that actually work against you. If you want to hear God, focus on availability. Be available to hear. Make time to hear. And so, so this is, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but hearing God, think about it. Hearing, learning to hear the voice of your father is, is something you learn. Right? When you're a toddler, you start learning how mom and dad's voice sounds. You start learning the types of things they say. When you run in and there's a car coming, they say, stop. You stop. Why? Because you've learned to hear. You have to learn to hear the voice of your father. Well, you have to learn to hear the voice of your father. You have to learn to hear the voice of God. I would say this. The first step is learning to hear. The second step is learning to heed. And that's a whole other sermon right there. But um, it starts with learning to hear. Think about it this way. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, teach us to pray. What is that to say? Teach us how to talk to the Father. But prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. Because the Father, if it's really a relationship, the Father should have an opportunity to talk back. Like some conversations may be initiated by the child and some by the Father. And so when they're saying, teach us to pray, well, half of prayer is, is what we talk to God about. The other half of prayer is God talking to us. And so we had to learn to talk to God. We also have to learn to listen to God. And, and I think there are just two keys. Write these down. If you, availability, if you want to learn to hear God, think about this. You have to make it a priority and you have to make it a practice. You, you'll never learn to hear from God until it's a priority. And you'll never learn to hear from God, listen, if you don't practice. And I think one of the biggest fears, people, I think you hear from God more than you think you hear from God. But so many times, because we're not sure we're really hearing from God, um, then we kind of push it aside. But here's what I'm saying. The more you practice, and I want to say practice, and here's, let me give you another fallacy. Uh, let me give you another pitfall. Most of the time, people try to hear from God when there's a crisis. That's not the best. <laughs> they don't teach you to use a machine gun, you know, in, in a war. <laughs> 
They, they teach you back at boot camp. They teach you when no one's shooting back. Are, are you with me? And, and, so, and so I think the, the secret here to hearing God when things are crucial is learning to hear God relationally when there's not that kind of pressure so that I'm learning to discern the voice of God so that when God is speaking and let's just say my life doesn't depend on it, then when my life does depend on it, I'm like, I've learned to hear his, I've learned to recognize him. Are, are you with me? So priority and practice. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you five P words. Uh, you write these down. This is the application of how to learn to hear God. Uh, it's, they're five P words because I am anointed and I like alliteration. And so write these down. Um, but in Exodus 19, 10 and 11, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. They put on their Sunday best, y'all. By the third day, because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. All right. So let's talk about that. The first P is a plan. God had a plan and the people had a plan to have a meeting. Do you, let me say it another way. You can plan to hear God. You know, if you want to have a conversation with me, you might text and say, hey, I'd love to talk to you next week or something like that. And I do this all the time with people. I say, hey, we could do a call at 10 o'clock on Thursday. Hey, it'd be great. It's just, why? Because now we have a plan to talk. I have a plan to hear you. You have a plan to hear me. We have a, a, a word we use a lot called appointment. Make an appointment. Make an appointment with God. Appointment is simply a time and a place. Listen, when we're not all in the coronavirus mandates, we make appointments with people we don't even want to meet or talk to. But, but it's just part of the thing. And so we make an appointment. And so here's what I'm saying. Here's God. Make an appointment. Set a time and set, set a place. This is what God said. On the third day... I'm going to come down and meet with you. There was a time and there was a place. Here's the mountain. Here's the third day. And I'm just saying this is so simple, but make a plan. One, someone said one time, if you, don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I think a lot of people don't hear from God because they never plan to hear from God. You keep waiting on God to interrupt you somewhere. And, and God usually doesn't do that, Right? So, so make a plan, set a time and a place. Here's the second one, prepare. So plan and then prepare to hear God. So I've got my time and my place, but now I'm going to prepare. He said, consecrate the people, have them wash their clothes. Um, consecration is another word that, that would be similar to holy or similar to this phrase, set apart. So what he was saying is have the people set themselves apart. Oh, this is so good. If you want to hear from God, you may have to set yourself apart from some things. It's so hard to hear God when the kids are screaming and running around and the dog is barking and the husband's mowing the yard or whatever the case may be and the dishes are like, like set yourself apart. Listen, God comes to prepared atmospheres, right? If you prepare a place for him, you want the proof? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
preparation and places and getting things together and right seem to be a big thing to God. And here's what he's telling Israel. He's like, prepare yourselves for the meeting. Set yourselves apart. He even said, like, no sexual relations. I mean, it's pretty intense, but that's what he told them. I don't want anything to distract you right now. I want you to set yourselves apart to me. And when you're talking about setting yourselves apart and you're talking about consecration, you're talking about holiness, all of these things describe offerings. And anytime you set apart an offering as holy to God that he wants, he will show up for. Yeah, right. right? When you set something apart for God that is holy, like get, give me the first. Well, you can't tithe and God not show up and receive it. Hebrews 7 says he receives it. Why? Because he asked for it to be set apart as holy. And when God says, hey, if you'll set aside time, if you'll consecrate yourself, if you'll make a time and a place and set it apart as holy, I'll come down on the mountain. I'll come down to meet with you. And so you have to plan and prepare. And one of the greatest things that when we're talking about offerings, now what are we talking about? We're talking about worship. And this, listen, this is, this is the key. Plan, prepare. What's prepared? Well, I'm going to set something aside as holy. I'm going to give it just to the Lord. And I'm going to enter in that time by making it holy through worship. I think, listen, if I've got a secret sauce on hearing God, here it is. Worship. Worship. I just like to get alone and I like to worship. And I'm telling you, when I need to hear God, here's this, I'm going to give you the secret sauce. Worship. Why? Because I just made that time holy. And I just made that time an offering. And I just consecrated that time. And people say, well, I'm not, I'm not a singer. God doesn't care. Make a joyful noise into the, to the Lord all you lands, right? Come before him with thanksgiving and gladness, right? I mean, God doesn't need you. Listen, and, and people say, well, I, I don't even know the words. I, I don't sing. Let me give you secret sauce number two. So secret sauce under preparation, worship. Secret sauce number two, what do I worship with? Here's what I say. Many times the song you wake up with. I mean, unless it's Little Wayne or something like that. But um, <laughs> like that's probably, I mean, nothing against him. That's probably... Probably not God, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I know there's like people, oh man, yeah, I know. But, but I'm just saying there are so many times I wake up in the morning, like this last week, I woke up one morning and we, we used to sing old courses. Uh, courses were when we got really progressional and we moved out of songbooks. So there were the songbooks, which were holy unto the Lord, even though they were all written off of secular bar tunes and turned in, and they just put new lyrics with secular bar music. Like, that didn't ever go well in my church when we tried to explain that, because they felt like Jesus died to save music, so he had saved music and secular music, and I can't get into that right now. But anyways, um, uh, so we, when we moved out of the songbooks, we moved into courses, and those were like halfway written songs, because they didn't really have a verse, right? So it was like they got inspired, but only enough to give us a course and maybe a bridge. Um, but, um, but so we, we sung those and, um, and I remember, um, this, this week, the other day I got up and this is not a song. We sung this to death when I was a kid. It's not a song I ever think about singing. Not a song really. I, I even care to sing that much. I think it's a good course and that's all there is a course. I don't know what the verses would have been. They stopped writing. Um, but, but it was just that Lord, you are more precious than silver. 
Like right now, there's some of our old school saints that are having revival right there. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares to you. And when I woke up, that was the song of my heart. So when I went to my time and my place, that's where I started. Now, no, I'm not asking the worship team to sing that. I don't really even want it necessary. It's nothing against it. But I'm, I like the blessing like we did today. That's, I'm like, praise the Lord, right? But, and it has at least one verse. That's amazing. And so, um, but, but I'm just saying, start with what's the song that's in your heart. Start with the song that's in your heart. So plan, prepare, consecrate, worship. Start with the song that's in your heart. Here's the third thing. And, and I put it, pray and read, because remember, I'm working on peace. But you can read and pray, okay? Um, but but and, and in fact, honestly, most of the time I start with reading, but reading starts with an R. So pray and read. I put these together. You can do them in either order. You can be creative with your relationship with God. It's not a formula. It's just me trying to be helpful. But, but here's what you understand. Read. Why? Because Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does hearing come? By the word of God. And, and I can't tell you, I sit down, I, um, I, love, I love digital stuff. So I, you know, I have iPads, phones, all that kind of stuff. And, and I love them. But I have an analog Bible because I like to hear the pages turn. I'm old school inside, right? So yeah, retro throwback, this is just me, right? I like to hear the pages turn and I like to be able to underline. And I mean, even this week I was just reading and God just on the page as I'm reading, this phrase just stands out. It's like it just in my heart came alive. I wasn't reading anymore. It's like God was talking. And man, I will underline and I'll put a, a note and then I'll jump or a date and then I'll jump to my prayer journal and I'll put a date and I'll put the scripture and then I'll write down the scripture. I like to write it out. Um, some of you have said, like, how can you remember so many scriptures? And I don't really think I remember that many, but I remember bits and pieces, most because they're written in my prayer journals. Um, but I like to write it out. And then I like to write what I feel like God was saying to me through that. Like, guys, this is, listen, secrets off. This works. That's why we got the prayer journals, right? And, and so read and, 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 and then pray. Mark 135 says, and rising early in the morning. This is talking about Jesus. While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Notice there was a time and a place in the morning in a deserted place. Jesus had a time and a place, right? And he went to pray. So plan, prepare, pray and read, and then here's, here's most people get that far, I think, honestly. Most people kind of have something like that, but... Four and five are the difference maker. Let me show you. Number four, pause. Pause. Um, Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And it says, I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Be still. Look at, look at, the, look at, the, look at just that phrase. I want to know he's God. Be still. Listen, knowing God is not something you work for. It's something you rest in. Now, that was worth writing down. That's not in my notes. That is just special, hot off the press, Holy Ghost right there, right? It is not something you work for. It's not something you strive for. 
It's something you rest in. Be still and know that I am God. Activity, I put this on social media this week because God was speaking this verse to me. It's activity works against intimacy. If you want to know someone, you have to stop the activity long enough to know them. And you can be so busy for God and never know God because remember, more than God wants to be served, God wants to be known. And the way we know God is not activity, it's intimacy. And Psalm, the, David, who had a great relationship with God, tells us, be still and then you can know God. Stop working to know him. Stop. Collaborate and listen. Are you with me? Stop. Like I told you this, the title fit. Stop. Collaborate and listen. God is here on the same old mission. He's wanting to speak to you daily and nightly. I have never felt so anointed talking about vanilla ice and ice ice baby as I do right now. Never felt this good about it. This will be what I'm listening to going home and I will write a parody. Okay, so anyways. Um, listen, if you want to hear God, maybe the answer isn't trying harder. It's being still longer. Maybe it's not trying harder, it's just being still longer. So pause, look, Psalm 131, I love this. Oh, listen to this one, this is so good. Psalm 131, verse two, it says, surely, look at this, look at this. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Now, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Here's where I think people miss hearing God. And this is so good. You're going to want to write this down. When we talk about quiet time, what we understand is it's supposed to be quiet. And we have learned how to get it quiet for quiet time. We have learned to put on maybe worship music, which is great. I think you should. To find a quiet corner of the house or a place outside or wherever your consecrated place is. But listen to me. Here's where I think people fail. You've learned the skill of how to quiet everything externally, but you haven't learned how to quiet everything internally. And when David is saying, I've quieted my soul, he's not talking about how I got to a quiet place in the palace. He's talking about, I have learned a discipline that when I set my, my time apart and I prepare myself and I, I pray and I read, then I, I have learned how to quiet the noise on the inside. Are, are you with me? And you, it, it, quiet the noise on the inside because you can be in a quiet room and everything around you can be quiet. But if there's so much noise on the inside, you still are not going to discern the voice of God. And you have to have that discipline. That's why worship is important. That's why. Because listen, worry and worship are the same thing. Just one of them is built around a, a demonic prophecy and the other one is built around, you know, a prophecy from God. In other words, one of them is, is a negative expectation and one of them is a faith-based faith expectation. But when we're worrying, we're just worshiping what hasn't even happened yet. And you have to be able, that's why worship is key. Praying and reading is key. And when you pray and read and you worship, 
and you sit down, then it's like, God, now my focus is on you. It's for right now. It's not going to be about these things right now. It's not going to be about that thing. It's not going to be about this meeting. It's not going to be about COVID. It's not, not going to be. And, and, and we just sit down, take a deep breath and we, we quiet what's inside the insecurity and the fear, right? What's inside. You got to quiet what's inside. Plan, prepare, pray, read, pause. I have quieted my soul. Quiet what's inside. Listen, it's not quiet time until it's quiet on the inside. It's not quiet time until it's quiet on the inside. And then here's the fifth thing. Print. Print. Plan. Prepare. Pray, read. Pause. Print. I think this is another thing. Again, this, this has changed my life. I'm not, I'm not preaching a sermon. I'm just telling you what has changed my life. Plan, prepare, pray, read, pause, print. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Psalm 41.5, this is the message. I always think when you're reading the message, it should start with, hey, what's up? But uh, that's just me. Um, so David said, what's up? <laughs> My heart burst its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. Look at this. I pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words. Here's what he said. I, I calm the quietness. I got pause, you know, I, I, you know, plan, prepare, pray, read, pause. And then God flooded my soul. And the way God speaks so many times is like a download. It's like an impulse. It's like an impression because God speaks spirit to spirit. And then he said, then, then I had to shape what God was doing in, into words. David said this in 1 Chronicles 28, 19. He said, all of this, when we're talking about all of this, all of the plans of the temple, all the plans, he says, all of this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing. You got to catch this. So David said, I didn't understand it until it was written. Are you with me? He made me understand in writing. But how? By his hand upon me. All the word. Here's what David said. God, God, here, here it came. God showed up, but I still didn't understand. And this is what David said. But then I started writing. And it made sense what God was saying. That God was impressing, God was speaking, but I wrote it and then I understood. This is why we got you the prayer journal. Listen to me. This, this is what I do every day. I have years of journals every day. I sit with God, I plan, I prepare, I pray, I read, I pause, and then I sit with God. Even on the days I don't need anything, especially those days. Even on the days that there's nothing critical going on, especially on those days. And I will sit there and I will pray. And sometimes I get to this place and I haven't heard, like nothing jumped off of my scripture reading or, you know, and I didn't feel anything in worship. And I will get to this place and I always just write, I will write this down in my journal. God, you're so good. You know, I might put something like that. And then I'll just write this. God, what would you like to say to me today? What would you like me to know about you today? 
How would you like to speak? What would you like to say? I'll just start writing that down. And almost every time, so many times, I'll hear things. God will say, I want you to know, Martin, I'm good. I want you to know I'm with you. And then he'll start talking about that and he'll start applying it to my life in a way that I didn't even, I didn't even see it. He might even say, I love you. And I'm like, well, I, I felt like I knew that. And then he'll start talking about something and it will bring me to this place of freedom, this place of understanding. But listen, I want you to hear God. So listen to me, listen to me. Stop collaborating, listen. Plan, set a time and a place. Listen, God wants to speak because God wants to be known. Availability is how you hear God, not ability. So set a time and place, plan, prepare, pray and read, pause and print. And I want you to do, I want you to try to do this, set a discipline. And if you miss a day, don't feel condemned, but try to maybe every day or at least every other day, but but take that journal into a quiet place, quiet yourself on the inside and see what God might speak. And here's what I say. Even if you're not 100% sure it's God, write it down anyway, because you're learning to hear, right? You're learning to hear. And sometimes there are things I write down and then I realize a couple days later, okay, that was just me. But listen, I have heard things and known things. There's no other way to hear and know except he told me, and those things come to pass, and I see those things. And that has built the confidence I have to know that God speaks and built the confidence to know that I have that I can discern his voice. Remember, practice makes perfect. Prioritize and practice. So when you walk through this, when, you, when it gets, just write something. Today I was reading Romans chapter four, and it said this, and I kind of felt like maybe God was saying this. It's okay to do that. God will make it plain. He will clarify it if you'll just be diligent to stop, collaborate, and listen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for our Pathway family. And God, I know they want to hear. I know they have hearts to hear. Many of them hear you very well. God, we want to hear you even more. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to, to not only hear you, but help us to be available to hear you. Today, God, we're, we're asking for the ability. We want to hear, but the ability comes through the availability. So God, help us to find it in our schedules, to make a place, to make a time. God, we want to hear you. Will you take a moment, Pathway, just where you're at? Don't, don't turn the stream off yet, because this is the whole point. Will you take a moment Maybe you have your prayer journal. Will you take a moment and ask God what he's saying to you? Just where you're at, say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? Pause. And God, I pray as they pause. God, I pray that you would speak. Speak words of life, words of peace, words of hope. God, words of love and kindness and joy, confirmation, direction. I pray in this moment, God, that they would hear your voice. I pray they would hear your voice. Thank you, God, that we are your sheep and we hear your voice. 
And with our heads bowed, as you're just listening for God to speak, if there's someone that's watching and maybe you don't have a relationship with God, maybe, maybe you didn't even know God wanted to talk to you, that that was what he wanted. Maybe you have a, a religious association, meaning you say, well, I, I thought I was just supposed to pray a prayer. And, or maybe you've just never even known God because you didn't even know you could know God. But if you're, if you're listening, you're like, I want this relationship with God where I talk to him and, and he talks to me. Where I listen, he speaks. Where I speak, he listens. I want to pray with you where you're at. Simple prayer. You bow your head. Just simply a confession. God, I want to know you. I believe you. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died and rose again. I ask God that you would forgive me to cleanse me. Make me a new creation. Give me a relationship with you. And help me to follow you for the rest of my life. And if you prayed that prayer, if you made that confession, I want to encourage you to text CONNECT to the number on the screen. 903-2, yeah, there it is, 903-331-0559. Text CONNECT to that. We want to, we want to send you that form. We want you to put that you've made a decision for Christ. And then also you can text today for anyone. If you need prayer, you can text prayer to the number on your screen, prayer to the number on your screen. We have people who will then contact you and pray and minister to you. So prayer to the number on the screen or connect to the number on the screen. Um, Again, thank you so much for being you. Glad to be on this journey with you. I believe that the best is ahead. Um, I love you. Go now and hear from God. I'll see you next weekend. God bless you.